Hey, it's Pastor Nick from Grace River Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope you find today's message encouraging and transformative in your life. We'd love for you to join us online each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. by visiting graceriverva.com slash live. Now, enjoy the message. Uh, we're blessed this morning. Um, Anthony and Ingrid and their son, Jaden, I think Jaden's upstairs. We pray Jaden is upstairs. Jaden is somewhere, I assure you. Uh, but Anthony, Ingrid, and Jaden moved here almost two years ago, a year and a half ago, from South Africa, and started attending Regent University, and we just were blessed to cross paths with each other. They started attending here and just become a vital part of what we do here at Grace River on so many levels. And of course, uh, Anthony's preparing for ministry, has been for many years, and here finishing his uh, educational work at Regent. And I'm just asking him to share this morning. Um, I know God's used him often, and I just want it to be a part of Grace River that God starts to use him as he shares the word. So Anthony, if you'll please come. We're so blessed to have him. Let's make him welcome this morning. Good morning, Grace River Church, everyone online. It's such a privilege and an honor to be here this morning with you guys. And um, you know what? A year and a half ago, a year and a half ago, we found a church where we could grow spiritually and be part of. And I must say this, we are part of the family. You feel like family to us, coming all the way from South Africa. Pastor John, thank you for the opportunity to speak this morning and just to share my heart. Um, it's been a while. I've, I've been in ministry. We've been in ministry for over 30 years on and off. So we've seen everything and, and we've done everything. We've done worship. We've preached. We've done all this stuff. But this, uh, a, a couple of weeks ago when Pastor John told me, he said, listen, I want you to prepare something so that you can share with the people this morning. The butterfly started to <laughs> fly around. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. How was this like? Because I haven't done this for a long, long time. And I've, if I say a long, long time, it's because I'm a, a full-time student at Regent. But I thank God for the opportunity every time that I get, that I can stand up and just share my heart. And this morning, before I even start, I want to say this. If I say anything that offends you, please send me a personal email to Nicholas Clay at Grace River. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I want to share my heart this morning with you, and I hope you'll see the transparency of my heart. Um, I'm, I'm standing here on the top, but I'm actually where you are. I'm sitting down there next to you. These are things, the things that I'm about to share, these are things that have made an impact in our lives, in our family's lives. Um, and that's why I'm here. I want, to, I want to just share that with you, and I hope it blesses you this morning. It's going to challenge you. But I want to share this with you because I think it's going to have an impact in your life. Now, if you remember well, in the beginning of, of this year, we started, Pastor John actually started with a series called 2020 Vision for the Rest of Your Life. And guess what happened in March? COVID. Isn't that so funny? But Pastor, Pastor John started with this series, and, and the, the golden thread that you can see through that series was how do we live our Christian life? Because that's what I love about this church. It's not all reading the Bible and pray. You have to practically work this out. The second 
series that we did was the life of Joseph. How will people see you? Or what will people remember of you? And again, we looked at Joseph's life. And what did we see? All the events and stuff that happened in his life. And now God orchestrated all of those so that at the end, God could fulfill his purpose within Joseph's life. And I realized in that whole series, God is never interested in our comfort. No. He's much more interested in building our character. And that sometimes causes us to get out of our comfort zone a little bit, if you hear what I'm saying. Just thinking that's why he allows this whole COVID thing. Is to get us out of our comfort zone. So that we can start to live what we profess. And then lastly, we did a series, and this is where our year ended. Christmas is not cancelled. What a powerful message. Just to bring our focus back and say, hey guys, you know what? Even if the UK says, listen, we are cancelling Christmas, we are not cancelling cancelling Christ. Christmas is still on. So we looked at these different series that Dr. Uh, that Pastor John preached. Dr. Dr. John, sorry. <laughs> but we looked at these series, and, and one of the things that I saw with, throughout these series was just one thing, getting us back to focus on Christ in our lives. And this morning, when I started to prepare for the sermon three weeks ago, I realized all that I want to do is, is I want to just add a little bit of value in my five cents of what I, how I see that and how my family and I have lived through this. Because remember, we come from South Africa. There's one sta- at one stage, when this whole COVID thing happened, they told us, listen, you need to go back. You need to pack up and go. That was like, okay, Lord, uh, you send us here. We know we are here where we're supposed to be. So what's happening now? We gave everything up. We sold everything. We did not have two pennies to get together to buy tickets to fly back home. And now they say to us, listen, you need to pack up and go. So we have lived through this. The stuff that I'm saying this morning, the stuff that I'm sharing, is not stuff that I try to get together so that I can have some words to say. These are things that just practically in our lives. So this morning, I want to share with us working out your own salvation. And the scripture that I want to use, sorry, my mouth goes dry quickly. The scripture that I want to use this morning is from the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. And if you want to just turn to that scripture, and while you turn to that scripture, let me just give a little bit of background, because Pastor John also gave us background last week, but I just want to recap a little bit. We know the book was written by who? By Paul. 80, 61, 62, around there. This is one of his imprisonment letters that he wrote when he was imprisoned in Rome. An important thing that I noticed is they say that it was written 30 years after Jesus ascended into heaven and about 10 years after he visited the Philippi church, or Philippi. And we know on on Paul's second missionary journey, um, uh, according to Acts 14, this is where we Lydia, got saved, and also the Philippian jailer and his household. And what's so fascinating for me about this whole book, when you start in chapter 1, verse 1, Paul addresses this book to the saints, but he he mentions something else that gives it a little bit way about who this church was. He talks about deacons in the church. He talks about, um, basically, about uh, bishops and elders. What does that say? It says that this church was established In 10 years' time, they have grown to be a a fantastic church because they had leadership in their church. 
So let's read this scripture, and then I'm going to go forth and just unpack a little bit of this. Philippians 2, verse 12 and 13. So this is what Paul wrote to them. He says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Listen to this. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13 is the key. He says this. He says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Isn't that wonderful? Now, when we read this, we must understand that this church was under persecution. Why would Paul write about fear and tribulation? Well, if you look at the context, just a little bit of a side note. In this context, that fear can also refer to reverence and awe, not necessarily fear, just to make that note. But I've asked this question, especially in 2020, going through all the stuff that we've been gone through, how should I, as a man of God, live out my salvation? How am I supposed to do that? And this is my first point that I believe. The first point that I want to make this morning. I believe you have to be part of a local church. You have to be plugged in. Even if you're online, you have to be part of a local church. You have to submit under a local church where a pastor is an oversight over you. It's so important. And let me just say this. Don't go to just any church. It's easy to join any church, just to tick that box. I belong to a church. It's important that you plug into a church where, first of all, there's biblical teachings. Very important. Biblical teachings. It's not necessarily the bigger the church, the more truthful and biblical they are. Don't fall for that trap. But plug into a church where there's biblical teaching and where you can grow, where the sacraments are practiced, where we take the Lord's Supper, where people are baptized. Very important. I wonder sometimes, and we have this conversation ever since we started to come to this church, we have this conversation every Sunday, my wife and I. And she's sitting in the front row. She, she will say if I like. But we have this conversation every Sunday. We are saying this. We say, I wonder if the people at Grace River Church really know what they have in this church, in Pastor John and the leadership, Pastor Nick. Guys, I've mentioned this. We've been in ministry for 30 years. We've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt and burned it. Am I right? We've seen everything. We would walk into a church back in South Africa, and within two minutes when the pastor starts to preach, we would walk out because we know exactly what this guy is standing for and what he's preaching. And mostly it was prosperity. No substance. It's like candy floss. Gone. We came to this church a year and a half ago, and ever since we walked into those doors, the first thing that happened in my life personally, God has challenged me. All the way. So it's important to be in a good church. Be in a good local church. Being in a good local church, this is the stuff that needs to happen in a good local church. And I'm going to say this again. Pastor John did not tell me to say this, but I am proud of being a part of, of Grace River Church because this is what we do here. We have sound biblical doctrine. The gospel is being preached here, not watered down. You will not hear a different gospel here, I'm sorry. 
you will hear the gospel, you will hear the truth. You'll have an opportunity to serve. That's what I like the most. You'll have an opportunity to serve here. It's important. Not to just be a number, but to serve, to come and help. You will be discipled and you will grow spiritually. Again, I want to say, everything that's been said of this pulpit challenges us. Why? Because we need to grow spiritually. There has to be growth. The sacraments, as I said, communion, baptism. Those are things that's been practiced here. Fellowship and ministry. Isn't it wonderful? Even though everything is, the world is upside down, we have a fellowship of believers here. And even if you're online, you're part of us. Fellowship. Lastly, we have, we have believers that can come together and pray. Guys, these are all vital elements that we need to have in a church. It's very important. So how do we work out our own salvation? First of all, you have to be plugged into a local church. And let me just add this. Not scaffold. Don't be a scaffold. You get people that scaffold sometimes. They'll stay there for a season, and when, they, when the message just gets a little bit confrontational, they pack up their scaffold and they go, we want pillars in the church. We want people that says, listen, I'm sticking with this. So the first thing, how can we navigate through this difficult time in 2020 and go into 2021? First thing, join a church, a local church, where the word is being preached. Secondly, second part, you have to read your Bible and pray every day. Now, if I say that, it sounds like, oh, come on, man. We know this. But it's important. It's vital to working out your salvation. Isn't that true? It's important to stay in the Word and pray. We have to pray. We have to read our Word. Listen to this. When you spend time in the Word and pray, you grow spiritually. Pastor John said it last week. You cannot just attend on a Sunday and go through the week and live on what you got on a Sunday. There's a time and place that you have to apply yourself to God's Word every day. Every day of your life. By reading your Bible every day, what happens? Well, first of all, you learn who God is. You learn His character, His attributes. You learn how to deal with life's challenges. Very important. Very important. You find encouragement and hope. You build your relationship with God. You grow spiritually, as I said, and you are being an effective witness. An effective witness. You need to read your Bible and pray every day. Now, I want to make just a little bit of an example, and please don't raise your hand. And, and again, I, I, I'm saying this out of my heart. These are things that I had to battle through a few years in my life. And every year, when I get to the end of a year, I do this exactly the same thing. I ask myself the same thing. I want to I show you something this morning. If you have read your Bible every day of your life in this year, up to the end of this year, it means you've read your Bible how, how many times? 365 days in this year. Is that true? If you read your Bible Every second day. It means you've read your Bible 182 times this year. Isn't that true? If you read your Bible only once a week, 
It means you've read your Bible 52 times this year. Now, the question that I asked myself when I first did this whole exercise, I thought to myself, what would happen if I treated fruit exactly the same way? If I only ate every second day, or maybe once a week, I would die. You see, and we've got this relaxed attitude about our Christian life. We treat our physical flesh to three hot meals a day. Nice. I have to have that. That's excluding the, all the snacking in between. <laughs> but when it comes to our spiritual life, what do we do? We think, ah, oh, no, man, I can read one scripture a week, I'll be fine. And when the storms of life hit, what happens? You've got no substance. Nothing. Nothing. We have to be in the Word daily. We have to be in the Word daily. Let's talk about prayer. It's important to pray as well. It's good to, to read your Bible, but you have to pray as well. No shopping list. Good morning, Lord. This is Anthony. My shopping list today is... <laughs> because that's what we do. That's natural. And again, I'm saying to you, listen, this, these are questions that I have to work through in my life. Good morning, Lord. This is Anthony. You know, I haven't been married yet, so I'm... No. You have to speak to God. Share your heart with Him. And you know what? Sometimes you have to be silent and listen. We have to exercise our faith and we have to read the Word and pray every day. I'm a student at Regent, and, and, and please hear my heart this morning. I'm, I'm not slamming anyone or, or bad-mouthing anyone, but one of the things that I saw, and, and it, maybe it's a young thing, a thing for young people, I don't know. But everything I, every time I encounter this, I'm like, oh my word, I get goosebumps all over me. But many times in the class setting, the professor will say, uh, ma'am, will you pray for us? And then these young people will start off, hey, God! And they will just continue. Total disrespect. And I'm sitting there and I'm wondering, oh my goodness, do does this person realize that they are speaking to the creator of this earth? God is a consuming fire. And I'm not saying God is loving as well. But I mean, it's almost like we have this thing of, listen, Lord, this is my shopping list. And we think God is a genie in a bottle. And whenever we need him, we can just, hey, Lord, this is my shopping list. Thank you. Hey, I'll see you. Bye. With all respect. We have to communicate with God. And we have to bear in mind that God is, is a God that loves us, and we have to have respect. Communication is very important in a relationship. Ask my wife. We've been married for 13 years. We've never, ever thought of getting divorced, ever. But murder a lot of times. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Pastor John, I'm just, I'm just teasing. <laughs> We've been married for 13 years. You know what? We still miss each other. Many times. Especially when you add to this confusion a little boy with red hair. Oh my word. You have to communicate. Communication. You have to communicate with, with God. God communicates with us through His Word and we communicate with God through what? Prayer. It's a two-way street. Communication is important. So beside the fact 
that we have to be in a good church and we have to pray every day and read our Bible. A third thing is also very important that I think. I want to spend some time this morning on that. And that is we have to bear fruit. Very important. Very important that we bear fruit. You have to bear fruit. You have to bear good fruit. Here's the thing. We all bear fruit. All of us bear fruit. Some of us bear rotten fruit. Some of us don't bear fruit at all. You have to bear fruit. But you have to bear good fruit. You have to bear good fruit. You can go to a church, you can read your Bible and pray every day, but you can bear no fruit or rotten fruit. That's very important. You will have to bear fruit. If you are saved, you will bear good fruit. Isn't that so? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. I'm saying we have to, you have to get to a place in your life where you've given your life over to Jesus Christ, to His Lordship. We've surrendered everything. And this is what Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 says. And Pastor John has spoken about this last week as well. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. And how many times have I tried to earn my salvation? Which is something that challenges me every year, throughout the year. I get to a place, oh my word, I haven't prayed as I should have. I haven't read about And I get into this thing of a works program. You are saved by grace alone, through faith alone. There's nothing that you can add to your salvation. Nothing that you can add. But you must make sure that you are saved. You must make sure. Galatians 2. Listen to what Paul writes here. Galatians 2.16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. But by what? By, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Guys, quickly, just a side note. The law was given for a, a few reasons, but I've written down three. Firstly, the law was given to show that we are evil to the bone. To show that we are sinful, as the Bible says. But the second reason why the law was given was to show us this is God's standard, and nobody can attain to that. But the third thing, why the law was given, was to point us to Jesus Christ, who fulfilled the law. And this is what we must understand. We have to be saved in order to bear fruit. Biblical faith is having faith in God, surrendering, and listen to this, this is very uncomfortable. I don't know about you, but when I read this, I get goosebumps up to here. Listen to this. Biblical faith is having faith in God, surrendering our will, and desires completely to His will, without personal preference or us demanding anything. Oh my goodness. Do I have personal preference? It's hard. It's not easy living this life, this Christian life. A Christian's, a Christian's faith in God is a wholehearted trust in God's character, first of all. Second of all, His motives. And his word, no matter what the outcome. No matter what the outcome. That is easier said than done. That's tough. That's very tough. But that's, that's a Christian's faith. That's what biblical faith is all about. When you get saved, you receive the Holy Spirit. That's why I am saying it's important to bear fruit. Why? Because when you get saved, you receive the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit works through you. 
and helps you to bear those fruit. It's important to be saved. Yeah, it's impo- is it important to be in a church? Absolutely. It's important to read your Bible and pray every day. Absolutely. But how many of you know we can go through all those things and do what, what's needed to do, but you can, you can actually miss it because you're not saved. It's important to be saved. It's important to realize it's the Holy Spirit that comes into our lives and produces that fruit. And we know Galatians 5 verse 22, the nine fruits of the Spirit that Paul writes about, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. We know those fruits. But here's the thing, we can't produce them by ourselves. It's the Holy Spirit. When we get saved, it's the Holy Spirit that helps us to bear these fruits. It's the Holy Spirit. So how do we do this? Well, because it's not good enough just to say, yeah, we received the Holy Spirit. But here's what Jesus said in John 15, verse 1 and 8. I'm going to shorten it a little bit, but you'll get the gist of this. This is what Jesus said. He said, if you abide in me, and I abide in you, then you will produce fruit. Jesus said that a branch cannot produce fruit without him. You have to be connected to the vine. This is why salvation is important again. You have to be connected. You have to be saved. Three things about bearing fruit, just quickly. Three things. First of all, a vine does not produce oranges. I've never seen it in my life. If you do, please send me a picture. I've never seen a vine bear oranges or apples or bananas. Doesn't work like that. Second of all, I've never seen a vine go like this. Come on, just bear fruit. Am I bearing fruit? No. A vine is designed, is created to do what? To bear fruit. And the third thing, I've never seen any banana tree bear fruit, pluck his own bananas and start to eat them and say, man, this year I've made some nice bananas. <laughs> never. What am I saying? You bear fruit for other people. Man, when I, had to, when I read that and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you see, you are bearing fruit for Ingrid. For the person that you drive with, that, you, that cut you off. How is that possible? No, let me tell you. For the person when you stand in line, in line in a shopping center or in a shopping, and they frustrate, that's when you bear fruit. And they are eating. I said, Lord, but how is that possible? This person has eaten all my apples. That's why you're bearing fruit. But it starts where? You have to be in the fine. You have to be saved. Given over. Bear fruit. And this is the scripture that I want to submit to you this morning. Psalms 34 verse 8 says this, Oh, taste and see that our God is good. How will the world know that God is good if we don't bear fruit? You know, when I was a young boy and I started to work, my dad put me down one day and he said to me, son, I want to tell you something. Because I told him, I said, yes, I can't work in this environment because these people curse. 
and it's a secular work. I don't want to work. And he said to me, listen, let, let me hold your horses. Let me, let me explain something to you. He says, do you know that the world never reads its Bible? And I, in my head, I won't say it to him, but I thought, duh. And he said the following thing to me. He says, you know what? The world doesn't read their Bible, but they read you as child of God. And I make the connection. Oh, my word. That's why I need to bear these fruit. I have to bear these But I have to bear the right fruit. So it's important to bear fruit. Very important. Very important to bear fruit. So, just a little TNC. You know what TNC is? Terms and conditions, that fine print. You know, you think, you watch TV and you see this, this uh, promotion. Oh my word, this is too good to be true. But actually in that fine print that you can't even read, there's other terms and conditions that you can never apply to. And you have to actually pay the whole thing. But you think, no, this is a good deal. Just a little T's and C's. When we bear fruit, I can guarantee you, there will be persecution. There will be persecution. And we see this in Mark 4, verse 14 to 20. The parable of the sower. It's actually called the parable of the four soils. The seed that the sower goes out and he puts it in the field is the word. And the soil is how we respond to the gospel. And listen to this. There's four kinds of soils. The first one is the hard ground that we see in verse 15. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, the word, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Second soil, the stony ground. Others are like seed sown on rocky places. They hear the word and at once receive it with joy. Good so far. But hear this. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble and persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Guys, we've heard a lot of word being preached by Pastor John this year. Lots and lots. Make sure when you go through those persecuting times and that struggle that the devil does not steal that word out of your heart because that's what he's trying to do. Every time when I listen to someone and they preach the word, you know what happens? Ingrid and I speak about this many times. We will have a rough week. Why? Because the devil tries to steal that word out of our hearts. But I thought when I come to Jesus, everything is going to be okay. No. Persecution will always arise for the word's sake. Third, the third ground, thorny ground. Verse 8, and still other seeds were sown among thorns. These are they that heard the word. But listen to this. And I think this is so on par with 2020. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and they, it chokes the word. Making it unfruitful. It's the same seed. The seed didn't change. Guess what changed? The ground. 
Seed number four, or ground number four, good ground. Listen to this. And this is what encourages me this morning. It says, verse 20, others like seed sown in, others are like seed sown in good soil. They hear the word, they accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times. Are you good soil this morning? Because this is the thing. You choose the soil. You choose the same seed. When the word goes out, it's the same word that falls on everyone's ear. But you choose this, the ground. Important. Never saw that. Never saw it. I had to go back into my life a few years ago when I was struggling with this stuff. I had to go back in my life and say, Lord, where have I missed it? I remember, I vividly remember 2014. 2014, one morning. I was busy. This was before, this was in the good days. This was before Jaden. That sounds bad, but I'm not supposed to say that, I suppose. But this, but this was before children. But I was, I was on my knees and I was, I was hungry for God. I was I was really desperate because I felt I got to a point in my life where all of this stuff doesn't make, it just doesn't make sense. I know I'm saved. I got saved earlier in my life, 1984, 17 July. I got saved. I've been walking this road for so long. But somewhere along the line, I'm, I've been missing stuff. And started, I started to ask questions. Lord, I know that I'm saved, but how do I really know this? And without sounding charismatic, freaky Pentecostal, while I was on my knees, God showed me a picture of me standing in, what do you call it, Wellington? Gumboots. We call it gumboots back in South Africa. I don't know what you call it here. But I'm sta standing in mud. And as I stand, God shows me the foundation of a house. But that foundation is so full of clay. There's no walls, there's no roof, just a foundation. And God speaks to me, He says to me, or the Holy Spirit speaks to me, He says, you've been, you've been on this road so long, but somewhere along the line, you have allowed false teachings and stuff coming into your foundation. He says, and this is what I want to do, I want to start over in your life. But here's the thing. I'm not going to do it without you. And here's the other thing. We're going to break down that whole foundation. That whole foundation. And I remember this. I was totally blown away. It's as if someone pulled the carpet underneath me. Because remember now, I've been safe for so many years. And here I was. And I started to ask questions. Things started, things didn't add up anymore. And since 2014, God has started to build a new foundation in my life. New foundation. New foundation. This is so important. This is so important that we realized this morning, it's important to go to church. It's important to read your Bible and pray every day. But listen, please hear my heart this morning. If you're not saved, you won't produce any food. And I'm telling you this morning, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. There's going to be persecution. 
has to be persecution. 2 Timothy 2.12 All who desires to live what? Godly lives in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. No pain, no gain. Matthew 5.10 Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Man, that's totally opposite of what I thought. I heard this preached so many times. Just come to Jesus and everything will be all right. That's a lie. It's not true. When you give your heart and life to Jesus Christ, I'm telling you now, the battle is on. The devil will try everything in his, in his power to get you away. To make you doubt your salvation. To make you stop going to church. To make you stop reading your Bible. There's a war going on. John 15, 18. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before you. This is Jesus talking. Why? Because we're becoming more like Christ every day of our lives. Pastor John said this. Every day become more Christ-like. Pick up your cross and follow Christ. Die to self. No wonder the world hates us. Because they see Jesus Christ in our lives. James 1, 2-4. In case you wonder, oh my word, really? Persecution? Trials? Tribulation? Listen to what James says, and I, I'm quoting this out of the Amplified. It says, Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. James, are you mad? But listen to what he says. He says, be sure and understand that the trial and proving of your faith, listen to this, brings out endurance and steadfastness. Wow. And patience. But let endurance, steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work. Why? So that you may be a people perfectly and fully de developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. Guys, you know what he's, he's, what he's actually saying? When you go through these testings and trials, all that happens is God is taking away everything that's not of him. But there has to be persecution. There has to be a part of us that says, listen, I'm bearing fruit. There's going to be consequences, I'm sorry. Has to be. Salvation, salvation's proof is in the fruit that we, we bear. The old saying, a diamond is never created just out of nothing. There has to be that pressure. Isn't that true? How do you define gold? Heat? Fire? And what happens when you heat that gold? All that rubbish comes to the top. And they take it off until that gold is pure. So we have to understand this. We have to understand this. In Matthew 17, verse 13 to 20, 29, Jesus talks about exactly the same thing. Listen to this. He talks about a broad and a narrow way in verses 13 to 14. A broad and a narrow way. Did you know how many different religions there are right now in 2020? Over 4,300 different religions. You know what? Jesus came and he said there's only two. <laughs> there's a broad way and a narrow way. And can I say this to you? None of them is marked, this is the way to hell. 
Both of them is marked. This is the way to heaven. Both of them. But he talks about this. He says, listen, there's a broad way and a narrow way. And then he talks in the same uh, passage. He talks about, in verse 15 to 20, he talks about false prophets. And again, he refers to their fruit. And then the most important one. He talks about the fact, in verse 21 to 23, that you will be able to deceive yourself. Because in that day, they will come to me and say, Lord, we've done this and this and this and this and this in your name. And he'll say, go away from me. I never knew you. It's important that we bear fruit. It's important that we are saved. It's important that we know this. That we know this. In verse 24 to 29, he talks about building a house upon a rock. And listen to this. He says, therefore, and this is Jesus speaking. In other words, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, mine and does them, it talks about active obedience. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. Here's the thing. And the rain descended and the floods came and the wind blew Winds blew and beat on their house, and it did not fall. For it was founded on what? A rock. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are building on a rock. Jesus Christ is the rock. And then verse 26 says, But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man. Oh, how heartbreaking. A man who built his house on the sand. Now that sounds very dumb and very stupid, but you know what? There's people that built their houses on sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell. And the Bible says, great was its fall. So Jesus basically gives us two warnings here. False teachers that can mislead and misguide us. That's why I said, listen, be sure that you're in the right church. And secondly, you can deceive yourself. Hearing the words, go away from me, I never knew you. So it's important that we get that right. You can easily walk the walk, talk the talk, do everything. But what about the foundation? It's important that we have the right foundation. Maybe you say to me this morning, Anthony, you know what? You're missing it totally. When I look at my house, my spiritual house, and I look at Pastor John's spiritual house, man, I've got the same features in my house that Pastor John has. I've got the same features as my a small group leader has in his house. I've got the same porch light. I've got the same porch. My house is painted the same. I've got the same roof. I've got the same front door. My garden is beautiful. How can you say? What is in your foundation? Jesus said we will be able to deceive ourselves. So this morning, what I want to say, it's fantastic if we're in a good church. It's good if we pray and read our Bible every day. But what about bearing fruit? What about saying, listen, I've, I've come to a place where I've surrendered all that I am. It sounds so nice, but have you really? What is keeping you from that? What is keeping you from laying down your life 
picking up that cross and following God. Short-term pleasure, long-term pain. One thing that I hate about this culture that we live in, because you can pull up into a window at a fast food place, you can make an order, pay at the second window, and on the third window you get your food, like this. You can go home, and if you've been out the whole day, your wife has cooked you a nice meal, you can take that meal, put it in the microwave, two minutes, boom, the meal is hot, and we can take that, and we can have a nice meal. And you know what? Life has been made easy through technology and stuff. And we want to take that same principle and apply it to our spiritual life. Lord, all that I want is a quick seven steps how to have my best life now. That's nonsense. doesn't exist. We have to build upon a rock. If you build on sand, and listen, let me just say this. If you go and read that whole scripture, Judgment day comes when Jesus returns. Then it's too late. Because then he will say to us, if we've built on the sand, go away from me, I never knew. But Lord, we did this in your name and we did that. How awful. There's mornings that I wake up in my bed and when I pray, I, I get anxious for people that are still living and they've built their houses upon the sand. How do we work out our salvation with fear and trembling, with awe and reverence? We have to be plugged in. I did this the other way around. When I worked out this, Ingrid said to me, she says, why don't you start with salvation? I said, no, I want to start with being in a good church. Second of all, reading your Bible every day and pray. And then I want to speak about this, because this is what's on my heart. Are we truly building on a rock? Are we truly building on a rock? Becoming spiritually mature is a lifelong process, guys. It's not a quick fix. I'm sorry to say, we want it to be a quick fix. That's why I'm mentioning all this stuff that makes our lives easier. And when it comes to our Christianity, we realize, oh my word, I'm getting frustrated because my life is easier outside, but when it comes to my spiritual life, I have to do A, B, and C, and I have to wait, and I have to give up myself. Again, God is much more interest, interested in your character than your comfort. The world look at us and they say, oh my goodness, look at these foolish people. They believe that there was a virgin birth. They believe that Jesus walked on the water. What do you believe? Well, it depends on, are you build, building on a rock? Are you building on sand? When we are saved, we are justified, just as if we have never sinned. We are righteous. We are in right standing with Christ. We are glorified. We receive a new life. And we receive the Holy Spirit. He comes and lives within us. And he helps us to live this Christian life. It's a partnership. I like what Edwin Lee Cole said, a, a guy that lived a few years ago. He had his own men's ministry. He said, he said the following. He says, maturity does not come with age, but with the acceptance of responsibility. That is so true. 
How do we live out this life here in the year in between? Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, this is what Paul says, this is his heart, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. I want to end with this this morning. A few, a few weeks ago, Pastor John, man, if you, if you don't do this, please, I want to encourage you to do this. Every morning in the week at 7 o'clock, Facebook, Pastor John gives a short message, gives you one word. Man, so encouraging. Every morning he gets up and he does that. Love that. So please remember to do that. But I want to I leave you this morning with this. Lastly, Pastor John spoke about the word saints. I don't know if some of you that followed him in the mornings. I don't know if you heard this. Saints, the word saints. Sorry, Pastor John, I'm stealing your stuff now. But this is what I feel our church is like, this word saints. And this is what it stands for, this, this whole acronym that he used. And I want to end with this this morning. Saints means, or saints mean we are, S, sinners saved by grace, not works. I've added a little bit. A, anointed by the Holy Spirit to live out our Christian life. Isn't that wonderful? I, instructed by the word to become more like Christ. Beautiful. N, nurtured by the fellowship. Fellowship, church. T, teaching others about Jesus Christ, being an example in word, speech, and conduct. And then S again, serving others. Guys, this morning, I hope you saw my heart in all of this. You know, we as a family have worked through this whole 2020. And we've said, how are we supposed to work out our salvation? Because that's the most important part. When we got that call that Sunday morning, someone, uh, no, someone knocked on our door. The RAs of Regent Village knocked on our door. We were getting ready for church. Knocked on our door and opened the door and they said, listen, here's a, a letter for you. You need to evacuate. But we will tell you when. First thing that went through my mind was, and Ingrid, I will never forget it. I'm a man and the personality that I have, I have plan A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. That's just how I am. I said to Ingrid, I sat, we sat down and I said to her, listen, what are we going to do? We're going to have to go home. We've got all this stuff. And we built a hole. And I started to panic. And she looked at me and she said, listen, yeah. That's why I, I thank God for my wife. She sat me down and she says, listen, yeah. Did God place us here? Yes, but No. Listen to me. Did God place us here? Yes, God placed us here. She says, now why are you panicking? I said, because they can send us home tomorrow. And, and uh, she says, not going to happen. And there I realized, what is in my foundation? <laughs> what am I believing? Because I'm the man of the house. I give the lead. And here my wife comes and she says, uh, mm, hey, 
and then to navigate through that whole process. And even up to today, I mean, nothing is done yet. I mean, they can tell us tomorrow we need to leave. But we live by faith. Why? Because we are living and working out our salvation day by day. So guys, I hope that this morning, again, I didn't point fingers. I'm pointing all the fingers to me first. So I hope this morning that this word encourages you. I hope that this will help us to go from 2020 to 2021. I'm excited about 2021. I think God is going to do amazing. I don't think I know God is going to do amazing things through this church. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for your grace, your mercy, your kindness, your goodness, your faithfulness, Father. And Lord, as we go out of 2020 into 2021, Lord, thank you that we can know this morning that you hold our future. We don't have to be fearful. Father, help us to keep our focus. Help us, Father, that you will stay the center of our lives. As we go through the storms of life, help us, Father, to navigate through these things and help us to realize, Father, that our foundation is built on the, on the rock, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray this morning for each and every one that's here, everyone that's online. Father, I pray that you will help us to establish our faith, to strengthen ourselves, Father God, and whatever might happen, that we will keep our eyes focused on Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor John. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Anthony. Man, what a blessing. What a word. Let's all stand together. We, we're going to be dismissed in just a moment. But I want to encourage you, uh, as Anthony was sharing, and especially if you're watching, do me a favor. Uh, do yourself a favor. When, when God starts speaking to you, let somebody know about it. Um, if God's speaking to you about some foundational issues, uh, you don't have to call somebody and say, hey, my house is a wreck. But it's okay to say, hey, that word touched me this morning because we want to be able to pray with you about it. We want to be able to know how we're moving into the 2021 season because I, I, Anthony spoke some great word this morning, good, deep, deep word this morning, good stuff. And I know it's touched you. Here's what 2020 has done for us. It's messed us up. Okay? Everybody, here's what I, and I know for some that are going through personal issues, we understand why we say things like this, but I'm hearing a lot of people say, man, I can't wait for that to be behind us. I can't wait for 2020 to be over. Um, well, I understand. But think about it this way. If you're living in a home that the foundation is not right, and a demolition crew called 2021, or 2020 comes along, and wrecks your life, you can't wait for it to be over. But listen, we can thank, we can thank God that it came, because now it's done. Now, what am I saying? I believe for a lot of people, 2020 has been a, a year of reckoning, a year of... So how's life working for you? A year of, okay, you've been doing things on your own, but I want you to be still for a while and hear my voice. And out of that comes a lot of what Anthony was sharing this morning. I'm not bearing fruit. I'm not where I need to be. My foundation is, is shoddy. Because I, I firmly believe that 2021 has given us an opportunity to move forward building right foundations building right relationships, laying the foundations, if you will, for a future that Christ has for us. 
So I, I want you to embrace this word this morning. Um, if you're watching, text us, text, you know, email us, Pastor Nick at graceriverva.com. Um, just, just get us that information so we'll know how to pray with you, how to pray for you, and how to walk with you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for this word, your word that will not come back void. Thank you, Father, um, God, for brothers and sisters who will now step out, not just to the rest of this day, but to a life working out their own salvation with fear and trembling. Because, God, you are a mighty God, but you desire to do a mighty work in us. Now, Lord, we, th we thank you. We praise you for all that you're doing. Go with us. Bless us, I pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, the strong Son of God, amen. This podcast is a member of the Grace River Podcast Network. To listen to more of the podcasts in our network, head over to graceriverva.com slash media. We would love for you to join us in person or online on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our weekend worship experience. Our campus is located at 5045 Indian River Road in Virginia Beach, Virginia, or you can find us online at graceriverva.com. Grace River exists so that every generation can experience the transforming power of God in every area of their lives.